right? Yeah, we're starting. Wow, what a conversation we just had that we probably can't reiterate. I mean, we could. He's not gonna listen. But I mean, it's, no, it's I don't I don't want to talk about. It. It's kind of sad. It's a sad story of a of a hopeless kid who uh, is the main from, reason why parenting counts. You know, like it's like the prime example. Sometimes you set boundaries on your kids. Yeah, yeah, but basically the gist is just a, it's a kid we know. From an open mic, we're not friends with him at all. No, oh, he said that last night. Like we're all friends. <laughs> he said we're all friends here, and I said no, we're not. No, I, I no. literally. Because he also. Oh, he tried vaping too in Lucy's. Oh fuck that! Yeah, yeah. It, the amount of times we re- reiterate, you can't do that too. And yeah, like doing, just, just a dick. the thing is, he he goes out of his way to be like as unlikable as possible towards everyone. Like yeah, and, every and as, single as much off-putting stuff as you could possibly do in yeah. one. In the span of, I don't know, like two months now. Yeah. Like it's it's pretty pretty bad. But you know what's not off-putting? To Mike Minimum. Feels good, Sean. Feels good to Soft be back. and warm just, as ever. It's just you and I this week, baby. You and I, yeah. Um, in your lovely, lovely home here lovely in Westchester Hastings, home. New York at blank, blank, blank drive. That I'll be, he- I'll be here till 2023. 2023, yeah. yeah. I'll be projected move out date. Yeah, and okay. I'll move out from my parents to my grandparents. <laughs> that's, like where, that's like where my trajectory is going to yeah, be. Yeah, move in with your hot grandma. Right. Uh, <laughs> but you have a deadline coming up, right, to I, move out? I do. I you have, have a, a tentative deadline of roughly April, uh, April. to move into New Damn, that's soon. I know. I'm well yeah. aware. I've been looking at places. Mm-hmm. I actually saw some pretty affordable, nice places, too, actually, recently. And I'm like, oh, well, my, my luck is turning. But somebody told me, like, March is, like, the best time. To I've go heard that too. Because like it's a lot when leases end and yeah. like everyone's like a lot of people move over the summer, so like that you could have, so it's still winter enough that like there's people are still looking to get these places rented out. Yeah. So yeah, I'm trying to move into you know, New York City. I'm actively applying for I actually have a job interview tomorrow and the next day. Awesome. So you two 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 job two, interviews. What are they for? Uh one is a photography job and oh, cool. uh, one's an office assistant gig. Okay, photography is the photography full time. Uh, it's for six months, which is okay, which wow. is enough that I, I could probably get on a job. Oh yeah, yeah during course. that span. And then the office assistant is for what? Is that, it just, that's full time. Is that for a studio or is that for? What is uh, it for? it's just like a. I, yeah, I'm not actually quite sure what it's for. <laughs> it's sometimes I apply to enough, and I'm like, oh, I'll look at it a day of. I'm just going to be around an office handing people pens and pencils and shit. I, yeah. I, I don't know what they do. They could be a pharmaceutical company that's destroying the country. <laughs> yeah. I don't care. What they, I, I don't care what any business. As long as, they, as, long as they can pay me $45,000 Yeah, exactly. Year, like, that's, that's like that's, the... And I, again, I've, I've actually said this. I don't need health insurance. I don't get sick. Yeah, you're going to live forever. I, I, I don't know that. It's just <laughs> my thing is like, I'll just die. Like, that is such a better <laughs> system than... Than having health insurance regularly. I mean, if you die, you don't have to worry about money problems. At you don't have to all. worry about it's any like, problem. Like just going, like, yeah. No, my I think my my plan is if I don't have health insurance and well, I you owe, have like three years. I do. I do have a lot more time than you. I've, I've got. It's still stressful because it's 2020. 24 is coming up. After I, that's 25. The, I got, the, yeah, I got eight months. Yeah. I don't want to hear. You know, honestly, like what I'm going to do is if I if I don't have health insurance and I end up owing a hospital like a million dollars, I'm going to like try to apply for asylum in other countries. Being like, help the con- this, the the country is trying to make me pay a million dollars because I had cancer. Yeah, and God. And, and and all of a sudden, like Kurzik stands willing so, to take me in. I saw that today the, <laughs> that the student uh, loan debt got up to one point six trillion dollars. Oh shit! And they're like, well, let's just see how high we can get this number up. You know, like because yeah. like if it's at one point six, 
in February of the mm-hmm. of yeah, let's call it February of yeah. this of this year. It's gonna hit two trillion by next year. Like that's yeah. And like, what do you what do you even do with that number? One point six trillion. That is almost like a. F- Fifth of the national debt. Yeah, the national debt's only like <laughs> I think it's only like eighteen it's trillion. 20, actually, I think it's twenty-two trillion. I think it like jumped every year. Yeah. It jumps like another trillion, and like you hear it on the news, and people are like, "Oh, we we owe so much money, and nothing's getting yeah, done about." It. And it's like, yeah, it's never going to get. It's sort fixed. of like because you know, like people, we just spend willing. At least the problem with Americans, we're consumers at heart, and we just spend like crazy. But it's not like, it's not consumer debt, it's government debt. Government debt, but we're the consumers. Right, right. <laughs> like, you know, everyone in the government would be consumers. It's like, oh, China? Yeah. Yes, let's... Yeah, exactly. We need <laughs> we need to pay for these wars, and we gotta keep buying yeah. military shit. Uh, because apparently, you know, whatever for whatever reason, we don't have a balanced budget. Like, you tell me we can't, we can't hire like seven accountants to be like, alright, we're getting rid of I don't know, it's 22 trillion. Yeah, I mean, there was actually the only time the US wasn't in debt was like a brief period of time in like the, the 90s, early 1800s. There was, was there a surplus yeah, in the 90s? There was a surplus under Bill Clinton. What? <laughs> yeah, that, people forget that. That's why everybody hate Oh. That's the reason why he still looked fondly upon is because economically he was a very good president. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And then, uh, our, then the very next president literally crashed that surplus within a year. <laughs> it Truly incredible. The last president was just like, there, we need to go to war in Iraq. And for some reason, and now he just paints pictures and we kind of look at him we like he's like, a, like, oh. Yeah, exactly. We look at him like he's America's like, what, what, senile what, what, grandfather. Well, even though he's like, <laughs> I think he's like 65. George Bush is not that old. Oh, he's definitely in his seventies. No, he's sixty something. Right, yeah, right. he's probably not. But he's not that. He's not like crazy yeah. old. Right? No, I mean like George Bush is like a war criminal. Oh yeah, no. Essentially, the but entire we, uh, that entire administration. But he's on. He's be... on Kimmel, and everyone's like, "Aw, yeah." <laughs> he gets, he's on late night occasionally. Yeah, no. Are like he's friends with Ellen. That's the next <laughs> yeah. He's seventy two. That's not old. That's not old. Jesus, seventy two. He's younger than my grandparents. Yeah, younger than my grandparents. <laughs> and he's president. He was That's president crazy. for eight years. Did a mm-hmm. terrible job. Eight and years. then just because we have to find a guy we hate, who's more of a dick about it. That's the only reason Trump actually think like hasn't done a worse job as president than that, but he's just such a dick about it that we're like, we hate you. But more. also Trump is as stupid as Bush was. Yeah. Just I think, as it's like Republicans, they love like I'm convinced like every eight years it's just gonna be every other eight years there's just gonna be another dumb Republican president. Well yeah, because they figured out that <laughs> the cult of personality is yeah. more important in the television era. Yeah, and it's what it, looking looking good on screen is more important than having oh, good policy yeah. and thought. Oh yeah, no. If you're a celebrity, if you have like, a talk show, if you're an actor, if you're whatever, now is the time to run for office because people will vote for yeah, you. That's all that matters. Is people name brand. know more about Oprah than they do about how the economy works. Yeah, no one no, no one <laughs> understands the economy. No one understands the economy like, at all. Explain to me NAFTA. North America Free Trade Agreement. You know, it's, you it's know bad the act- according to Bernie. <laughs> Yeah, you know, according to certain people, I don't know. I don't know anything about lumber. Like, yeah, I don't yeah. know these things. I know, like, I know television, though. Yeah, I know. I watched The Celebrity Apprentice on uh, the Pirate Bay, so and that's why I voted for Donald Trump. <laughs> yeah, that'd be funny if you did. But anyway, anyway let's, let's uh, Sean. Let's catch up on comedy. Peter, let's yeah? catch up on comedy. <sighs> <laughs> You're just like, I'm not feeling it today. I don't have. 
That, that's all I'm doing. Cool. We haven't. I've, the problem is that you know, is when we used to do it all the time, I was more comfortable with it. And now that we only do it like once every like two months, yeah, solos. It's you like just don't have it. I just right. don't have it in me. Uh, yeah. yeah. So the people that's catching up on comedy. What have you been up to comedy wise? Uh, I had I had a pretty big show um, right before the year ended. Uh, I had an 8 p.m. spot at the comic strip for a Sunday, and I was like, I was like the luckiest spot I could have gotten. I was really nervous for it because uh, I had friends from high school who were coming out to see me. Uh, not only that, but my my friends, frisbee friends, and by the way, frisbee people are all wild people who I who I was drinking with like two weeks before. They really wanted to see me, even though they hardly knew me. So like, ten of them came out to see me perform, Damn. as well as like Erin uh, McLaughlin. Shout out to her and like a, a bunch of my high school friends. And I was like, it's like. You know, it's one thing when when you're doing a show and there's not anyone you're really close with in the audience. You're just like, oh, well, you know, what, how, however it goes, it goes. But when, like, there's people who are, like, there to see you and they expect you to be good and you, like... Oh, that's a far greater extra layer yeah, of pressure. Because like, oh. you're like, I have to kill for these people. No, but fuck it. I lucked out because it was a crowd of, like, holiday crowd, huge, huge, yeah. uh, all very young. Nice. So I was all able to... I was able to relate to them and really well uh yeah overall fucking great time uh i got a tape out of it nice the only problem is that i'm like hesitant about whether it's good or not because at the comic strip during the holidays they put on the christmas lights over the everywhere i didn't take that into account when i was like recording i recorded on my phone like the bloom is crazy oh really i was like fuck if it wasn't for these fucking christmas lights it would have been actually really good so but i think it's i mean i, I like it just because as you a could, tape you could tone it down as a tape i mean i could have done that when i was recording because your phone has like a brightness yeah, thing, yeah. So you, you, could could do, like, you could do that in the post though oh i'll fuck around with it see what happens i mean i like it as a tape just because it's like oh i'm performing for a big crowd at like a big club and it, i just think it looks good but um that was like that was like my big show i can't really think of yeah, I good. have not been yeah. properly booked on a show in a while. I've been doing a lot of guest spots the last. I think last time we did a solo, that was like early December, wasn't it? Uh, it was. We did recorded like December, middle of December. Yeah, yeah middle I December. Yeah, yeah. I, I can't. I haven't had like a big, big show in a while. I don't think since our show. Right, it's been like a one that like you know I was like a, on because I was on the poster for. I've been just doing guest spots at White Plains Comedy and a few other places here and there. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, I haven't, I haven't, I still, I don't have anything booked on the docket at the moment. Uh, I don't know, maybe it's like, I, I want to put together a new tape. I don't like my tape anymore. It's just like old. Like, I mean, I yeah, you gotta have like a you gotta update it. Every, I mean, that's what I like about my tape now is that it's current. It's like yeah, oh, I feel like I feel like every four months you should try again. You tape. I mean, you should always try. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm doing a show this February at Greenwich, and I'm like, I gotta get a better tape out of this show. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm like yeah, yeah. <laughs> I uh yeah I, I need to get booked on a show. It's I need always, to get booked on a show somewhere where I, I like the back where whatever the logo in the background is I like you know mm-hmm. uh, that's uh and then I'm gonna make a new tape out of that. But other than that I uh yeah not too much something too crazy for me like just grinding it out. I have started doing improv classes oh, at yeah. UCB the last yeah uh, how's improv been going for you? So. Yeah. I've liked it a lot you know oh yeah it is every stereotype you could possibly think of and all the shit I've made fun of is true oh yeah especially on this podcast it is, <laughs> I, it is it's a it cuts it five years from it's now like, when it's I'm a like, full time like improviser a homo- <laughs> yeah it's like homophobic 
uh, politicians who say like, oh, we can't have gays marry. And, and then, then you they find get out. caught blowing a guy in the bathroom. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's yeah, like the yeah. same thing with yeah. podcasters. I've been, been caught blowing an improviser. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's 100 percent it. No, I like it, though. It's yeah, uh, yeah. it's a good way to new muscle to flex. It's teaching you kind of a lot just how to be in the moment better, which I've been. So I that's think very important. Yeah. If I were to say the weakest part of my comedy is my uh, is my crowd work. So I think mm-hmm. that just trying to trigger my brain into getting more, you know, presence in the moment i think is uh whatever i tried before actually i have a show i'll plug i had it's like it's not a show but it's like it's like it's like your class graduation graduation show it's a graduation show it's uh february 23rd at twelve fifteen in hell's kitchen it's a big stage at the very least yeah. you know and no, like fun. you know i like too is like i went to they make you go to class they make you go to shows as part of uh you know your your your, your class i mean that's important yeah and uh so like I went to their Herald Night, mm-hmm. and at first it was like the most cringeworthy, like because like some of the stuff they were doing, it's like it's not funny. It's just like you know, like quirky, and you're like, yeah. oh. But then like it's like okay, I see. But I, I look at the, and I'm also looking at the audience. So I'm like, do I want these people as my fans? And I'm like, yeah, they're all young at least, and they're all yeah. But like, they're also people who don't like who would not like certain like comedians I love. You know, like they're people who would, yeah who think like you know. Well, so the thing about like improv is that what what gets usually the response from audiences, what I notice is that usually it's like the spectacle of it, yeah. Because it's like it's like uh, a made up show that's being made on the spot, and like sometimes it's like almost like seeing magic. Yes, where it's just like like whoa, because it's not like you know if it was like this whole scripted thing, it would feel awkward. But it's the fact that they're just like kind of jumping on beats and trying to figure out what's funny that makes it kind of entertaining. Yeah, so I don't like yeah. those three shows. There's, there's three groups, and yeah. like, she do it for thirty minutes, and I'm like, oh, okay. And then you yeah. see, uh, like, the like out of like each group, like one group was like clearly they've been doing it a while together, so they really oh, yeah. connect and gel and they know their parts. And then one group was really bad. Mm-hmm. I was just like, I feel like these people just met. Like they they are there like so like one woman I don't think said a single thing the entire show. Yeah, <laughs> she just kind of stood in the back, and I'm like. Wait, you got passed to be part of that's like a big deal. Like they get like five hundred auditions every Herald audition season and only like twelve people get picked. And you didn't do shit for this? Like that's that's weird. Yeah, it's added pressure. I mean I've I felt that. I mean I did uh back when I was a freshman at Geneseo, I did um I I you know, I did like uh I was part of like an improv troupe that was like a teaching troupe. So like yeah. you'd get on like two shows every semester and I do shows and there's like a pressure because it's just like you know, you want to like get in the scene at the right time and have like the right joke to get in. And it's like, you don't want to like f- bomb the scene. So like, there's like that pressure. I mean, I mean you know, yeah, my big thing is, been new. yeah, my big thing learning is just like letting other people have some control and like, just, oh, yeah. just being like, because my whole thing would be like, let me just take this to 11 real quick. Oh yeah. yeah <laughs> like, yeah. let me just be as weird as possible. You don't want to, because I've listened to years people. of comedy bang, bang. And mm. I'm like, I want to be able to just like I'll come in and I'll be an insane character like that. <laughs> that, that that's just be like I will my own, I will call myself something ridiculous and all of you need to adhere to it. You know, like that that would be me. Yeah, but it's good networking opportunity. It's good. Yeah, to, the way I looked at it, is I looked yeah. at every performer's thing and they all have representation. And I'm like, well, that's that's helpful. Well, <laughs> I, yeah. I would I would very much like that. And that representation probably told all of them you just know, like I don't have anything for you, but why don't you take an improv yeah, class? He's, he's like, you know, <laughs> I love stand up, but I think. I, my goal, goal, I guess, eventually would be like to land a sitcom. Oh yeah, in yeah, my yeah. career, like oh, I'm, yeah, like yeah. a sitcom star. Like that's if you get yeah. that, you're golden forever. Like because yeah. you, you said you could tour forever, being like you tour forever. Oh, it's a popular sitcom. You have a lot of uh, leverage in the show business yeah. world to do what you want. 
Plus, you know, residual checks and like money. Oh, residual like, yeah, checks. Yeah, it's one of those things like that's the that's the goal, and I, you know, I yeah, I think that's something. I don't think it's out of this world, like the possibility. No, like, you know, just gotta keep working towards. You know, it. I, I thought about this recently, just because like I'm 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 so I feel like people have like a very 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 narrow view of what making it an entertainment is. Like I feel like people's uh, conceptions of making it an entertainment is being like Tom Hanks. Or like Brad Pitt, or being like one of these like mega stars, and I thought about it. It's like imagine, imagine like this year, Sean, you made thirty thousand dollars doing comedy. That I'd that be, would be incredible. That'd be really good. Like I'd that be would be pumped. yeah, like yeah, like that'd be awesome. If you even if you made half that, if you made fifteen thousand, that would have been like whoa. Yeah, there are ro- supplemental income right there. Yeah, maybe like like the dream right now. If yeah. I could like like oh, if I could just like. I'll be able to afford a one bedroom by like so I can live yeah. by myself and do like that's my dream. Like, oh yeah. Hell oh, yeah. It sounds so nice. So, yeah, no, it's like it's that's that's what I think people need to like kind of have like a less narrow view of what well, making like, I mean, it yeah, is. People think so you have many, to be the top of the mountain. Yeah, you like, don't no, have to like, be the top of the mountain. You really don't. You know what? There's there are just there are character actors and there's like character comedians yeah. where like they're not ever gonna be stars, but like, oh yeah, you know, like the Jim Nortons of the world, you know, like Yeah. And even that he's pretty big, but like he's a guy that's like no one's like like that's like you think of great comedians. Yeah. That's not your first choice, but like you get in there, like he's going to do the job. Oh yeah, no, I mean it's nice to have that following, and if you have a following and they're paying the bills, then like what more can you ask for? Yeah, really? I don't know. Frank should book Jim Norton for White Plains. I think he, I think he would get a lot of people. Yeah, we should. He actually put a he put a suggestion on Instagram, being like, "Who do you want us to book?" And I was like thinking of like ten joke names in my head, yeah. so right down, being like, "I want to see Stormy Daniels again, topless this time." Yeah, if they did just book a bunch of porn stars to be naked on stage, it'd probably sell out. Like, right? Like he's gonna book another porn star. Like the fact that Chrissy has so many porn stars on Wet Spot, like it's he's gonna book another one. Yeah, no, definitely. Like they, there are there's one that we know <laughs> about compound media fans is that they're they, all freaks. They're, they love porn stars they, and Confederate flags. They they really do. But anyway, transitioning <laughs> off uh, free speech and all that. <laughs> Free speech and all that in comedy. So uh, today we're gonna be we're gonna be doing we're gonna be doing another investigative another, report. And by we, I mean Peter's gonna read me off a bunch <laughs> of things he looked up. Boom! That was the breaking news music no, no, investigative report. Well, let's, um, let's leave the noise breaks to me. <laughs> sure. <laughs> breaking shoes with peter clark Deutsch. um so on instagram a fellow comedian i saw screenshotted like a facebook post um which i thought was funny and that's the responsible to, way of handling things yeah i mean it was just kind of she was kind of just clowning this person um and then i was able to do some digging and i found out so this is posted on the la comedy scene this is posted by comedian joel brill uh, he says, yeah, "My friend I'll is okay. <laughs> it's the only way. It's the only way I'll pay attention. Honestly, uh, <laughs> Joel Brill. Uh, and I'm gonna just give people. It's I can only. I can't click on his picture, but it's, it's just clearly, a, I just it's clearly an older it. white man. Uh, in the L- as a kitty cat comes says hello. My friend is putting on not politically correct shows called Make America Laugh. Oh, I did see this. Yeah." <laughs> Make America laugh again for politically conservative audiences. If you're tired of hypersensitive audiences, this is a fun paying gift. 15 minutes set, need to be semi-clean. You don't have to lean towards the right, but much of the material needs to, needs to. Message me with a link. Next show is March 7th in Rancho Cucamongo. But more shows to follow. 
<laughs> it's Peter's cat. Excuse me, Alice. Yeah, so uh, not politically correct show, Make America Laugh Again, except, because th- remember, this is for uh, uh, people who are tired of hypersensitive audiences. So uh, if you want a fun-paying gig without hypersensitive audiences. But if audiences, you want to talk about coming on tits, go somewhere if else. You wanted, if you want to be dirty, that's not allowed. And if you want to talk about anything that isn't right we, uh, right-leaning, that's not allowed. And so that's like the, that's the main irony with this post. And that's what I found so funny about it. And that's what everyone found hilarious about it is that like you can't, you can't advertise a conservative-themed comedy show. Yeah with uh are you tired of hypersensitive audiences and then set the parameters to that show because basically what you're implying anything goes except the things i don't like basically what you're implying is that the people in that audience would get mad albeit they would get they would be sensitive towards certain material yeah no they are that is ridiculous well i think that's just the irony of the right every time is like Mm -hmm. every time there's like every freedom of speech guy always gets triggered by something is my thing it's like it's always like they get mad when somebody like gets called out for making a trans joke but then they get upset if they if somebody makes a joke about the troops you know it's always it's always one or the other yeah it's like the troops it's like a big thing i mean fucking kneeling for the flag the troops i mean if i I wasn't a part of that group but like there's a a really funny meme i know that was like do you know um, do you know what pt PTSD used to be called cowardice. <laughs> yeah. There was a meme I, I, I thought was really funny that was just, it was a boomer saying like, oh, you know, back in my day, you know, not everyone got participation trophies, even if they lost. And then it was just uh, the next photo was a picture of a Vietnam War veteran. <laughs> <laughs> And everyone in the comments were so mad. They were so Triggered. mad. And I'm just like, hmm, maybe you know how it feels when you're a black person at a comedy show and there's just someone screaming the N-word for no particular reason. Yeah. You know, it's like, look, I actually do. I empathize with you finding offense at a joke like this, but maybe you can use that to contextualize why other groups of people might be offended at certain stuff. And I'm not saying that like every all humor is justifiably offensive i mean there's people who might be too there's some people who are too soft and there's some people that are definitely too lenient or misconstrue a joke but like you can't you can't have it both ways and honestly like Like, we've we've talked on this uh, podcast about instances we've had just at fucking open mics people going can a comedian go too far it's one of those things (laughs) we're like all these instances though are usually not are not by real comedians you know Like, uh, you know, the big thing a while ago was, uh, but yeah, no, like it's always this thing of like, can it, good comedians know how to tell their, their edgy jokes. And yes, that's just a fact. Exactly. Like, but bad comedians are just the guys who insert the edginess in with no context. Yeah. And they're doing that or, or they're just blatantly terrible people and they want a platform to be terrible. Yeah. Like, like it's shit like that, but they use the, the yeah. guise of comedy and they get a following. Yeah, and which like, is, because there's a lot of mo- there's one thing that I know is there's a lot of money in conservative comedy at the moment, which like makes well sense. just just conserv well conservative like talk shows yeah. whatever. Or, That's ir- yeah, irony yeah. is most of those guys know they're full of shit and they just know they're fucking making a bank off it. Yeah, I think it's like it's definitely an easy market to get into because there's such a demand. Yeah, so and, it's definitely yeah, yeah. It, these are the you know how persecuted the right are. 
Yeah, yeah. But like, I mean, what what has been your and, and here's my issue is that like like the people who tout like hypersensitive crowds, I don't think it's an issue that's as pervasive I, as I don't people know you, make but it I've been, out I've been to asked be. this by like my uncle used to yeah. stand up in the eighties, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, so we talk about it every now and then. Right. And he uh, he was like, yeah, what are the crowds like now? They like super sensitive. I'm like, not really. No, no. it's they're usually like I've I've yet to experience someone who's been like. <gasps> Yeah. At least any of my shit. Not, I have fairly edgy stuff in my in yeah, my. Yeah, and I mean, like, you perform in the city too. Like, it's yeah, like, like I just like I just know how to convey myself. Like again, I was thinking this one scenario: guy told a rape joke, and a woman walked, and I was like, hey, "Listen, I'm, I was hosting that night, and I was like, listen, 'Listen, I'm so sorry about that. Like, we're not usually one of those.'" She's like, "No, nah. she's like, listen, I'm usually okay with that stuff, but like, if you're gonna tell a rape joke." Don't make me think you'd rape me. Like that's like that. That that which I think is very fair. Oh no, yeah, I mean all it all comes off as presence. You know, you want to have like a good presence to match your material. Yeah, if you have exactly. a bad presence, you might want to switch up your material. Yeah, that's the thing too. Like I think people should think about their images a little bit every now and then because I see some people and I'm like, you you could be a dirty comedian without looking dirty. <laughs> you know, like just take a, a shower, shower, and but like just yeah. your, like how you present yourself, I think is a big deal. Like we joke about how many Hawaiian shirts I wear over the summers, right. but like, you know, it's, it's a thought out look. Well, you can still look like a drug dealer and smell good. Yeah. Like it's <laughs> a thing. Like a All right. So what's, what's further um, your investigation here? Uh, well, actually I wanted to comment saying, well, I just want to continue on a little bit with this train of thought is that, um, Choo-choo. like, you know, I did, I was part of the stand up club at my college and, we never ever had an instance where like we were protested or people were like trying to like ban us or people trying to like censor us and we had, and not and that's not saying uh people in our our club tend to stay straight uh, only do safe material we had people we had a girl talk about her rape on stage yeah and people were fine with it and i think like you know one of the things one of the comedians said when i brought this up was probably that like well the people who probably wouldn't enjoy the show would just choose not to go to it and if that's the case then there's not an issue then i think this issue is like very like in comedy i've I've not like experienced like the hypersense the most hypersensitive i've experienced was actually outside of a comedy show just at a college lecture when it was like you know the typical sjw types and they were like getting mad at something like a art history professor said yeah. i'm just like the, all right the further you get away from college you realize how fucking dumb college kids yeah. are like you're like wow you guys just you guys just get off on protesting huh actually the most offended- i mean you were you were you were brave this weekend you went and protested the women's march I saw. I did not protest the women's march. Actually, every photo Peter posted on Instagram (laughs) was him and other men protesting the women's march. Every this is a this is a true fact. Every photo Peter posted was of someone protesting the women's march. So I have to assume that's how. Yeah, I was part of the group of men that were uh, men for women, but against the women's march. (laughs) The coalition of (laughs) small men. Uh, I don't want to get into that, but I went to the I went to the women's march. It was very cold and miserable, but also. Well, yeah, Empowering. Because, because there's a bunch of women. Am I right, fellas? <laughs> and that's how you Fuck t- you, hypersensitive crowds. Yeah. <laughs> a bunch of fucking pussies. <laughs> you can't decide which bathroom to... Bleeding everywhere all over my nice carpet. <laughs> can't decide which bathroom to go to. So yeah. here are some great comments. And, and there's so there's other stuff I want to get into. I want to get into the comedians who are on this show. Because there's actually one comedian I think is really awesome. But is also a conservative comedian. We'll get into him. Okay. So here are some of the great comments I found. Tired of hypersensitive crowds? 
Come perform for people that flip shit about people saying happy holidays. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. I like that. No, it's like I, I actually like. That's, I, a, that's another prime example. I do want to do a conservative show, but just like reiterate how I'm for free speech, but only and then only do jokes that would actually. The like, reason why I don't want to do a conservative yeah. show is because I know they'd love me. <laughs> oh, of course. <laughs> like I am like. Yeah. Uh, Every conservative guy I know fucking like looks at me. He's like, he's one of me. They look at me and they're like, we don't trust yeah, this they, they, Bernie they're, bro. They're like this this guy. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I'd, I'd go up on it, stage. I'd improv. go up on stage, give him the benefit of the doubt. Be like, don't you love it when those Mexicans have decent paying jobs and homes and families? Yeah. <laughs> uh, next comment. PSA: White dude saying the N word doesn't count as semi clean. Actually, I have a better one. Hold on. Well, I'll if it's white out. dudes saying the N word. Right, sorry, sorry, sorry. Uh, uh, he wants he wants the show to be semi clean but problematic. Immigrants are damn dang horrible. Am I right? <laughs> semi clean but problematic. That's a great way to describe yeah. it. Oh, this you'll like this, Sean. This was also commented. Uh, this is a comment saying he's got a book full of material and it's a picture of a youth pastor boy. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there's so many people clowning. This Mexican is willing to work and take another job from a less qualified white folk. That's my specialty. <laughs> this is the most bitch-made post possible in regards to comedy. If conservative comedians were undeniably funny, then you wouldn't need a I have a funny joke where I say twice where I have a funny joke but liberals won't like it space, which is true. Which is true cuz like the thing is is that I feel like a lot of conservatives understandably feel alienated in the comedy and entertainment world. Well, yeah, in general in life, because if you do watch the news, there is a heavy liberal bent. And that's just if you watch anybody. Like, it's the point that, like, you know, I get annoyed with my liberal friends how fucking annoying oh, they are. Yeah. Like, they are. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm a li- I consider myself a liberal, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, we're two Westchester woke boys. But, like, I, I understand if you do have a conservative bent and you aren't someone who thinks of themselves as a racist and you're like, oh, but, like, you know, you grew up in a Republican household. And, like, yeah, I can see how the current climate pushes you more towards the right. Um, and well, I'll get into a little bit more of that because uh, one of the comedians who's actually on the show it puts in a very perfect perspective on why people don't like conservative comedians and yeah. Tackle tells them how to change. Actually, you know how much... Uh, it's like, I like Adam Carolla. I think he's yeah, funny, yeah. but I, you know, he's a conservative nutbag. You know how much uh, the spot paid for? How much how much spot? 100 for 15 minutes. Fuck. That's very good. God damn. All right. Yeah. I take back everything I said. Fuck immigrants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sell your soul for $100. Like you said, though, there's, there's money in conservative comedy. Uh, last, last great comment I found... Um, this guy said, I got a great bit about Native Americans stealing our land and a 10-minute bit asking why is it black people can use the N-word, but we can't. I also have a bit why it's okay for Trump to walk in on teenage girls while they're in the locker room because he's the second coming of Jesus. And then the guy who made that post originally commented saying, send me a video. <laughs> <laughs> so Brian Johnson, this guy, he, he's got he's got a gig. He's got the $100 gig in the uh, good, good for him, man. He got just put it together um so yeah i did a little i did a little bit of digging it was hard to find much information this show has gone on for like four iterations i think they're on their fifth iteration yeah this is the poster make america laugh again soon to be banned on twitter they say oh god i mean it's not well they use the same font as uh, andrew steiner so uh (laughs) that is true i mean yeah, no, it's always these guys banned on. Well, yeah, you're banned on Twitter every time because you usually say something shitty to someone. Like, hey, 
Well, the problem is you, you say something shitty and then you act like it's an affront on all of your conservative values, yeah, it's, which it's, it's not. You know, like it's like, oh, you, you, you yeah, it's they, it's hard. It's actually hard to get banned on Twitter. You have to like try. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, a little bit like you mean try as in like you have to be like trolling pretty hard to like okay. like you know like there's a reason why Hanley's ever been banned on Twitter and he's an asshole <laughs> that is true so I was like looking at the I was looking at the lineup of comedians and so uh Joel Brill who made the post originally he's on it uh his credit is the lovable curmudgeon yeah I don't know what that yeah, is Bill Cannon's um, my lovable curmudgeon hell yeah um so uh all the there's another comedian named Scott McAfee. I don't know if he's related to the guy to the antivirus software Scott or McCaffrey? the or McAfee. McAfee. That sounds familiar though. I don't well, because of McAfee antivirus that, software, that might you know, be that, why like, thing that ironically like yeah. always installs itself on your computer for no reason. God, we gotta block <laughs> that stuff. Uh, you know, John McAfee, the guy who created that, he's running for president as a libertarian again. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm yeah, sure so. he'll win this year. Oh, yes. Weird, but uh, weird side note to bring it back. Man, George Bush's daughters are hot. It's the last thing I have on my phone. Like they just popped up. How there. did that pop up? Well, I slowed. I was gonna look something up okay. uh, for the show, and then the last thing I had up was looking up George W. Bush's age, mm-hmm. and then I'm like, oh wow, his daughters are hot. Many quotes of the podcast <laughs> to Mike Minimum 2020. Yeah. Um. So there was another comedian that I found who was on the lineup for the first two shows, okay. and then was seemingly dropped for the rest of the show's running. Yeah. His name is Brian Petrasic. Um, okay. Oh, yeah. Okay, so I'm going to play one of his clips because this isn't on his official account, but this is like a clip he did somewhere in Orange County. Okay. And it is... Uh, you know what? Just, I'm not, I don't want to judge... Let's let the clip yeah. explain itself. This is the saddest. This yeah, is the that, saddest that, was, that was that was bad. That it's, was that was a, it is, a bustling bar, and a guy trying to get the people's attention, and uh-huh. the, and then just going straight into Bill Cosby's a rapist. Just just. So my I I did a lot of digging on him. He's got a lot of clips out. Uh, the two I found uh, originally were like him performing at this same bar, which is like a bar where it's like comedy wasn't asked for. So, it's not going to be, no one's going to pay attention. This guy's getting heckled all throughout this clip. Of course. <laughs> like of in much of the same way by like these people who don't look like they live in California at all. Well, no, it's, it's no, it's people, for, everyone thinks of California as San Francisco, LA, yeah, like yeah, in the yeah. cities. But most of California is actually like, yeah. you know, conservative middle yeah. America. Like, it's yeah. that's what it looks like more of. It's just but these like, massive cities. Like, think of Olives on, on its worst night. Like, that's yeah. what it was here. Uh, like, he's just like doing, like, he doesn't have the material to get their attention. Like, he's just getting heckled left and right. Like, he keeps like saying jokes that are that are like and just them falling really flat on their face and like he yeah. does that he does that typical face a comedian makes when they have a joke that bombs which is like the lip curl just like yep, <laughs> yep. 
And so like, and the thing is, but the, what was weird about this guy is that, so there was another clip, which is at the same bar. And it was like, I, I just couldn't help but laugh at like how typical, like, I know this experiences where he's just doing comedy at a bar and like everyone's really indifferent to it. Like he's doing, it's like a two minute clip. He's doing comedy. There's a guy right behind him putting away drums. <laughs> <laughs> like you could hear like it's yep. what ironically like it was the open mic music hour beforehand and now it's open mic comedy ironically during one of his jokes like you could hear like a cymbal get crashed <laughs> that's so funny <laughs> but like i was like so i was thinking like okay i don't want to judge this comedian there was one joke of his that i liked where he said that um um I called like the suicide hotline and they told me to stop procrastinating, like something. I like that. All right, but like, um, you know, it's. Hacky. I was like, I was like trying not to um, judge him based well, again, on like, these. Well, like, all right, based off that 30 seconds we listened to, it's like, all right, yeah, there's good Bill Cosby jokes. There are, like, I've heard yeah. plenty of them, but like, what you're doing was the most hacky, like, obvious punchline that I can think of. Like, you're just not very, like, again, I don't have a problem with, like, no one has a problem with edgy comedy that goes. Can comedy go? I'm just gonna keep doing that yeah, voice. Yeah. Can comedy no, go too far? That's no, the it typical can't. Voice. <laughs> yeah, it's just the. It's just like you know, be be good at it. Like we have, like I can think of like 20 comedians who are way better at totally no, the line. Yeah. So like after like those after I watched those clips, I was willing to give them the benefit of the doubt. I was like, all right, well, let me like see what he has that's in front of like a so real. Now you're subscribed to his Patreon. I'm subscribed to his Patreon. $10 a month. I get all the Confederate flags I want in the mail. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I didn't really talk that much about politics on stage. Well, a little bit, but whatever. So yeah. I watched, I've watched a few of his, I watched a few of his clips at the bar and I was like, all right, well, let me find a video where he's performing for a real audience and then let me judge him that way. So I was coming through, he was through his YouTube uh, to find like a good tape that he had. But all the shows that I found on his YouTube, like, were either A, in, like, some back alley bar that's just the most depressing place for comedy, or B, at a show where everyone was just heckling him or, like, wasn't really interested in, like, experiencing the comedy. Every one of his tapes, and I'm just like... Do you have a tape where like people are like into what is you're saying? Clearly shot, and people are listening. No, to he's you. got like a he's got like an yeah. 18 minute video that's just a vertical camera of him at a bar, and he's like slightly cut off, and he's he's been doing it for like five years. Five years, and you haven't figured it out. And I'm like out. just. <laughs> and well, it's like, like it's a thing too yeah. of like I don't know. I think I'm pretty sure the if you're he's in LA, right? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I'm pretty sure the comedy store has open mics. Like, just go. To that, you know, and see if you can work there. I, and I don't, like, I don't want to shit on this guy. I don't. But I was just but like, like kind no, I of think amazed. I don't shit, but it's about people who just don't understand how to do stand up. Like, I mean, it's things like people who think bar shows or bar mics are sh- like bar like a, like an open mic is a show. I've had to yeah. correct people on this like seven times now. Like, yeah, people are maybe gathered there, and there might be some audience, but that's not a show. An open mic is like going to the batting cage. You're going there to practice and get better. Like that's mm-hmm. why. So then you can eventually get booked on a show. The show tickets are sold. It's told in advance. Yeah. It's usually you know like it's an event. It's of some some capacity. Or to go back to the baseball analogy, it's to eventually get into 
the minors with the hopes of getting to the majors, but then you have an injury and you can't play anymore. Exactly. <laughs> like the injury yeah. being, uh, you have either a kid or a stable relationship or a job. <laughs> yeah, or, or or you just you just wise up, or like, you wise up, or you're just like I don't need to do this anymore. <laughs> you're just like, well, why? yeah, because like yeah. here's like, you need to be a little delusional to get into comp, yeah. get into any art really at this point. Yeah. Uh, you need to be a little, which is fine, but there's people who are delusional who don't ask and look around and figure out what the what the way to success is mm-hmm. like any sort of success because like yeah there's bar okay i might tell you something off you know i'll do it right now i'll tell you cut it or not like I was, All right. to, uh, <laughs> I was talking to josh last night uh because josh uh dave and eric are playing move the city also mm-hmm. and like he told me like luke rothschild came up, was like man why are you, you move to the city it's so expensive you can just be up here and like headline shows no. and you were like uh no no no, no that's, one wants to be a I Westchester headliner. Yeah, like I don't want to be. The, I I don't like now how associated I am with Lucy's Laugh Lounge, despite the fact. No, yeah, you got to. They've been nothing out of there. but gracious to me, and like, and I've loved working there, and I've had a good time. But like, yeah. I don't. That can't be my fucking peak. I well, don't want that to you're be. gonna. I mean, you're gonna plateau with any yeah, where exactly. you go to, and you gotta yeah, like exactly. eventually. You, you have you have to keep challenging yourself yes. and find new ways to do it. That's why yes. I go to the city three times a week, yeah. and I try to perform my stuff for you know basically new audiences and try and get better and learn that way mm-hmm. and then hopefully get seen that way you get booked in the city and then like from there maybe somebody will see you there and then oh look at that you get passed as a club then maybe you get representation and then you're able to get management and then you know maybe go on the road yeah no like, i mean you have to like have, you have to set goals we well, have to be very specific about what you want from comedy because there's very many many different paths yeah like, like i want to be able to i want to i like i like more than just stand up i yeah. like i like i like acting and right, i like exactly. performing and i like writing that's like why every booker i mean every booker has asked me and they'll always ask another comedian like what's your end goal yeah and i tell them i want to write <laughs> that's yeah. like my end i don't want to be like I, a t- and i like performing yeah. a little more than i like well here's yeah. i like writing i just don't like writing properly <laughs> <laughs> like i like i hate form it's probably and, like, like what every writer says yeah <laughs> like, exactly i like breaking the rules well that's the, yeah like, well that's the thing is like you know like obviously if like tomorrow like jimmy fallon calls like hey i want you on the right start help writing my monologues i'd be like i'll suck your dick right now for like, it oh but, yeah but like you know like that like that structure wouldn't be like for me like yeah, i like yeah. like eventually if i could turn it into like my own show or like or any or any like sitcom where you could just write jokes and episodes and stuff yeah, yeah, yeah. and like that that'd be ideal but Hell yeah. yeah but the moment but i also like i also love performing you know mm-hmm. Yeah, but you got to have clearly defined goals. Uh, this guy who I forgot his name. <laughs> I forgot his name already. Uh, Steve was McCaffrey. was very it was just it was just very off-putting to me at how long he's been doing it and how much he didn't seem to have learned. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just like these weird shows he's doing. It's like you got to not do those well, shows. It, well, it's was <laughs> so like Again, I was just talking to people last night. Yeah. People who just don't watch the like, yeah. you go to any open mic, you can tell who's the best one there pretty easily. Oh yeah, and like why? Like one of the things you should be doing is when the good guys go up, you pay attention and you kind of see, try to see what they're doing and try to emulate it a little bit. Like don't emulate their jokes, but emulate. Yeah. You know, occasionally styling or just like delivery or confidence, just like learning like little tricks of the trade that yeah. way. That's how everybody learns. Like you're gonna eventually develop your own thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Brian. Brian Petrastic. So he was on the first two Make America Laugh Again shows. And I'm predicting after the second one, like, it, it's funny because, like, there's a very clear gap 
in the poster where his picture used to be yeah. and it's not there anymore and that's why he made this Joel made this post in Make America Laugh is because they're trying to fill in <laughs> this spot he probably wasn't able to do but uh, Brian Petrasic, if you're listening I wish the best of you yeah, good luck to you pursuit. guys I hope you guys mm-hmm. uh, you know are able to find your voices and maybe I don't yeah. know you know, dude, be, be better people <laughs> and don't vote for Donald uh, Trump. Yeah. So, uh, actually, you know what's funny? Or at the at the venue that they're doing it in March, you know how much general admission is? How much? Uh, this includes dinner. Fifty nine dollars. Fifty nine dollars. Fifty nine dollars. I'm like that. Th- that was funny to me too because I feel like conservatives like they really like to try to fix their image as in like, oh, we're a we're a yeah. like the working class the people. Idea of, <laughs> the, 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 the idea of them uh, you know paying a little extra in taxes is terrible, but they'll pay sixty dollars <laughs> for. They'll pay sixty dollars to hear a guy like, being like, why can't I say racial slurs anymore? <laughs> But the 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 uh, last thing I want to touch upon uh, with this show is that it's always been headlined by this guy named Adam Yenser. Uh, he's a writer for Ellen. El- oh. Ellen DeGeneres. Oh, I thought you said show. Ellen. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, I should have been. It's for Ellen. Yeah. It's Ellen, the Ellen DeGeneres show. He's a writer for the Ellen DeGeneres show. Well, Ellen's a, Ellen's a closet conservative. Um, I did not know that. <laughs> yeah. I did not know. Um, Ironically, she came out of the closet with a right into a different one. <laughs> funny um but either way yeah he's like he, he's written for like the oscars he has like kind of like a very strong comedian resume yeah uh he actually talks about in this article on la list uh which is basically talking about the show make america laugh again brings conservative comics together in long beach mm. so uh i actually watched Oh, so I feel like I've been saying Adam Jensen. His name is Adam Jenser. Jenser, Jensen. Nah. Adam Jenser. It's all Jewish to me. I watched. <laughs> I actually watched his clips. Um, his material, or at least the ones I haven't seen, he likes mentions how he's right wing, but he also has material that isn't just about like look how better we are than the other side well, yeah well, which like, is like very like he talks about I, one of his clips i watched which i thought was really great was he talked about like i don't understand why people are saying that republicans are bigoted like if you look at the if you look at the 2016 primary we had the most diverse primary we had two uh people who were hispanic we had a woman we had a black guy and yet, still, our nomination was a guy who was racist, sexist, and hated <laughs> immigrants. <laughs> so, like, the, he he understood like the irony, which I thought was um, yeah. uh, funny. But I, he he puts it really well in this article well, about like conservative comedy. Yeah, that's a, I like though that conservatives can laugh at that. But if you mention the fact that liberals are the ones who pride themselves on diversity the most, yeah. and yet the most support are going to two old white guys, <laughs> cisgendered, like who one yeah. of which one of which actively said a woman shouldn't be president. Oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> Like, like and people are like no no he's the best he's the best guy he's yeah, the best yeah i mean one in the like world. you can make a, yeah the left has problems too with that yeah, <laughs> but no. like it's it's There's like, you can, things, like all trump fans know think yeah. i think they know he's an asshole they just yeah. like the fact he's an asshole oh yeah oh yeah but he he I mentions in this la list article um he doesn't shy away from doing conservative material for general even liberal audiences including yeah. around los angeles they find it refreshing as long as you do it in a smart and funny way, Yenser said. I agree. Whoa, who would have thought? Turns out well-thought-out, well-crafted jokes are, like, really, you know. It's like I was watching some Rick and Morty last night, and you remember that one episode uh, where they talk about the word retarded? Yeah. And, like, that, there's a really good joke in that where, like, Morty explains why, you know, 
groups, you know, there's groups of people that uh, find the word very offensive, and Diesel because it's used as a derogatory slur, and then then Rick just ends, well, that's retarded. <laughs> it's just like that's, yeah, that's just that funny. that's a well crafted that's, joke, and like that's very funny. Yeah, yeah, I mean, like. Like I don't use that word, but like I understand, like it's funny, like to use it. No, sometimes. yeah, I mean, like I mean that, but that joke isn't like about like making fun of r- retarded people. It's just about like it's making fun of the word. Retarded. It's it's just a it's just a well crafted misdirection making fun of. Yeah, Rick's like Doug Stanhope. Hostility. Doug Stanhope had a really yeah. good one on it too, where it's like, listen, that's just. You can keep changing the word, yeah. but I'm always going to call my friend whatever the thing you guys come up with is. But so it's going back to like w- one of the comments that was made on the original post is where someone said like, you know, if conservative comedians were actually funny, they wouldn't need like a safe space conservative show. And what he's implying there is that like if you're conservative, but you still know how to write and appeal to yeah. the masses, you can still have a, the same platform that everyone on any political spectrum shares yeah. you just can't go on stage be blatantly offensive without a point of view and then be like i'm being oppressed <laughs> yeah. well it's like it's like liberals that hate joe rogan yeah. because he he'll talk to conservative people you know like like he's you know and then they just assume because he does that he's a conservative but he's also he likes ufc yeah <laughs> so this is what this is what i also found funny from this article the make america laugh again show draws a largely conservative audience the Make America Laugh Again show draws a largely conservative audience, according to Yenser, but he prefers playing to more general audiences. <laughs> I agree because I think he probably yeah. does. He probably feels the same way I feel whenever I'm at a yeah. compound media show, where I'm like, "These people." <laughs> yeah, yeah. It makes him write harder and helps him to develop better jokes. He says, which makes sense. Yeah, it's fun to play off the tension that you know not everyone in the room is on your side. Yenser said, and I kind of like walking the line and seeing how much I can get these people to laugh at stuff that I know they're not necessarily on board with politically, at least at the start. Uh, playing a conservative comedy show has more of a pep rally vibe, according to Yenser. Which, yeah, yeah you could imagine that. Yeah, no, there's a certain type of rally the conservative ones are. <laughs> Someone comes out wearing a MAGA hat and people are like, yeah, that guy, that guy supports the troops. I'd suck his dick. Um, But he said the thing he doesn't like about those shows is the same thing he doesn't like about late night comics who do liberal material like Stephen Colbert and Samantha Bee. The crowd is already cheering and applauding at the premise of the joke before you even go to the punchline. I agree with that a lot. Yeah. No, I'm very with him. But so isn't that like a great way to frame it being like, you know, a lot of conservatives like, you know, roll their eyes at Colbert or Samantha Bee. But like when they when you think of like the make America laugh again show like this conservative quotation mark safe space shows it yeah. kind of has it's, it's always them just bringing up talking points yeah. without anything actually original or funny to say it's yeah it's, it's like no one comedy shows are not for lecturing like, it, like yeah. no one wants to be lectured at. it's 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 a joke story craftsmanship of like you know intricacies of trying to like induce laughter Mm-hmm. Like you know, like I think Mike Birbiglia is are like more like one man shows, but it's still stand up the way he does it because he's like he knows has a form of it. Like yeah. there's many forms and shapes it can take place as because it's, at the end of the day it's like you know it's one person on stage talking to people. It's like it's literally the most base form of artistry, but right. like you know it's not a lecture, it's not a fucking TED talk. Yeah. So in his own comedy, Yenster tries to start out with non-political material, winning over the crowd with observational jokes. He follows with his political material, which he prides himself on spending a lot of time writing. I try to structure the jokes in a way that there is a nod to the fact that I know the audience isn't necessarily going to agree with me. 
And then he tries to see how far he can push things politically with an audience. Mm-hmm. So that's like a that's like a clever way of doing it. Is that like you want the audience to like you? And I like I like I really like that when like a comedian tries to like a comedian gathers trust from the audience mm. and then tries to like break it down but at the same time trying to get you back at the same time like it's a really really entertaining like um give and pull yeah. situation going on and i like i mean it's like i like like i you know no, like of, some of the best comedians are the ones who have stuff that he knows the the audience will immediately I always talk about Bill Burbs, he's my favorite mm-hmm. comic. But yeah, he, yeah. he he actively starts with stuff he knows people won't be on his side for. And he's such a craftsman that he knows how to work it to get people on his side at the end of at the end of the set. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know, I like like one of my favorite like Louis bits is like from one of his specials where he like talks about how like there's just some men who are so unbelievably or actually some people who are so unbelievably ugly that no one will ever no, kiss no them, will them on the mouth and everyone like kind of like felt bad and then like he just goes, Do you feel bad? You fuck Yeah, he just takes the audience's emotions and turns them against them and I was like that is beautiful right there that's yeah. like when comedy is beautiful yeah like, you know when you get yeah. to like it's like somebody makes oh I was listening to Netflix radio the other day and uh, Hari come the guy who canceled up who uh, he had a joke about suicide bombers and then the audience went oh I was like what are you guys on the side of suicide <laughs> side bombers of sui- yeah it's like a weird yeah you know it's just like a weird thing to like but I, li- I like it when like the, the comedian like breaks down someone's yeah. feelings and like kind of is able to uncover how people I, really I don't think, feel you think there's anything that triggers a comedian any more than an audience going Oh, like it's yeah. a la- like I think every like fuck you that was good. Yeah, and then and then when, but when you're able to turn it on its head and like make the audience realize the humor in it, it's yeah. very very satisfying. Uh, Yenser said he's been a conservative as long as he's been into politics, but while he tends to vote Republican, he doesn't necessarily apply that label to himself. I don't think that what the party does and what Republican politicians do is always the best thing or is always in line with my values, Yenser said. He cites that he sees uh, himself as a traditional, or he sees as traditional conservative values, upholding the Constitution, freedom of speech, and some, in italics, some uh, Christian social values. <laughs> so yeah, you know the ones that are probably like be a good person, ones that aren't like um, let's burn the fags at the fag. <laughs> well, he's someone who doesn't like what he calls cancel culture. He still draws some lines, like with Shane Gillis, uh, which I thought was very interesting. I don't think Shane Gillis should have been. Do you think how much? Do you think Shane Gillis hates how much his name is mentioned? As he was basically a glorified open micer who got SNL, and now everyone uses him as a talking point. I mean, that was the best thing that happened to his career. The best thing that happened to his career is the fact that he got fired from SNL. Like if he went out the way that Judd Rudnitsky did, or sorry, John Rudnitsky did, no one would have. Yeah, that, that, that's true. But the fact that he's been like labeled as like the cancer. I mean, he's fucking at the comic strip now. Like yeah, he, yeah. he gets booked. That's I do fine. see him. He's fine. I do see him everywhere. But he says that he, he doesn't think Shane Gillis should have been fired for what he said. But he but I don't get much pleasure in defending him personally. Of all the things that people have been canceled over, I think what he said was one of the most genuinely offensive and not particularly funny things. This is the guy who's headlining 
all of the Make America Laugh, laugh Again shows. All the shows that are like that, we're this guy might just be a liberal. He's like, listen, I can I can make I'm make some money. I, he's just a moderate. Yeah, like, that's just, what he's, he's come off just, to me. Yeah. He's like a moderate who leans right. Well, that well that is the thing though of like if when you when both sides are now so far in the extremes, anybody who's like. Was once a part of the right or left is now like no I I see some of the other side's point you're now a moderate or like you're now the, or your side deems you to be the other side like you know like if, like I hang out some of my ultra liberal friends I'm like I don't support everything Bernie Sanders says like fucking fucking lib fucking no, Republican fucking yeah you're corporate shill were like, you Hillary Clinton I'm like I like tell them yeah straight up if I got the money to do it I would kill a kid I would do it I'd fucking I don't fucking care like money money's the ultimate corrupt in this world money always wins that was like quite a turn from like talking about like the problem with politics of well, being I mean, like, like you know what I'm corruptible give me like. Two thousand dollars. I'll 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 slit a kid's throat. <laughs> I mean, maybe not that two grand, but we're yeah. talking like two million. We'll talk. Yeah, we'll talk. Well, well. Like, uh, well, it's, it's that game of like, how much money would it take to suck a dick? Right. right. Every guy, you know, everybody when they're thirteen plays it. I'm like, mm-hmm. that number gets lower as the years go by. Right. So, but so that that's a fun. So Adam Yenster, I like him a lot. I yeah. like him a lot as a person. I've watched his comedy. I think his comedy is very funny. I think the th- thing that helps him a lot, probably with audience, is the fact that he he doesn't look conservative at all. He looks like very liberal. Yeah, <laughs> he looks very liberal and just non-threatening, so people can kind of get on board with what he's. There saying. is something funnier than the ultra conservative dudes with like the super like hip yeah. in in haircuts. It's very yeah. funny. But uh, uh, Adam Yenser, I mean, he makes a makes very very valid points about like what comedy needs to be no matter what your political views also it's just it's so funny that he's just like you know he he holds a lot of beliefs and opinions about like comedy and cancel culture that are not in line with all these people who are attending the show he's (laughs) and he even mentions how he doesn't even like doing that show or like imply that he doesn't like doing that show compared to other shows so that that was what was funny with me that was the kicker with all this like investigative reporting was like the headliner who ends up being like a cool dude and has very valid points about comedy and like he's just the guy who just like rolls his eyes at the bad comics that go before him he's like all right see if i can save this show yeah yeah but i mean i mean he'll do i mean he'll do the show and like people like he'll do the show and he'll get like applause breaks for no reason he's just like all right well i will take my a hundred dollars now he's headlining he'll be getting like more than that yeah I mean, the fact that it was sixty dollars, sixty dollars, sixty dollars. Like, like who knows how big the venue Ooh. is? But like, that's. Uh, you're I mean, it's a fancy place, but it's just like you're I making mean, some money. I mean, that's like the th- the thing is like the thing that like and like you know, look, Democrats have a image issue. Republicans have an image issue. The one thing, the one big thing about their image is that like people see them as the party of the rich, yeah. and like they're really trying hard to be like, no, we're for the working class people. So it's very funny to see a show <laughs> where like tickets are sixty dollars. Well, that's, that's the irony of both parties. Is both parties are always for the rich. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah, of course, because like, like, like fucking like Tom Steyer billionaire. is like Mike Bloomberg second billionaire second in Nevada. And like he spent like thirteen million dollars on campaign ads. I mean, Tom uh, Steyer. Mike Bloomberg has spent three hundred million dollars yeah. on campaign ads so far. Oh yeah, and he's pulling like decently. <laughs> yeah, because he went from zero percent up to like eight percent. Like a no, month. it's like it's so sick. It's like it's basically if you, if you have if you have money, you control. It's the sort system. of like every person running except Joe Biden is literally their net worth is a million is over a million dollars, and Joe Biden's only eight hundred thousand <laughs> because he's the only guy. Dumb enough not to get rich and fucking right, in, uh, but it's not it's DC. not necessarily yeah, but it's like it's more about like well yeah, I mean if you have the money you can buy the power, but it's more about like people who have the money who can lift you up yeah, 
And like that, I mean, that's the issue with politics. I mean, you know, like the thing I, I'm really big on is that we need to fucking kill all the lobbyists. Yeah. Like or that's this, <laughs> listen, we can talk. We do a politics pod, but this is a comedy podcast. So yeah. we'll, we'll transition out of this. Yeah. Um, yeah. This was a fun investigation. Oh, I didn't it hate it as much to... as I thought I would. No, our podcast is great, Sean. I had a lot of fun. Well, that is the most unconvincing. Our podcast is our great. podcast is great. No, I'm just like, it's great. It, there's nothing wrong with it. At all, people can hear us clearly. People love our voices. People, people can definitely our, hear us clearly. Our dynamics. People. Yeah. People, uh, people comment us every people, now. Uh, huh? Like the fact that we're on Spotify. Uh, 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 and no, no, I like. I we're like on, we're on all podcast platforms. All right, let's yeah. do some plugs. Yeah. Um. So I have Any two shows, shows coming up in February. On February. Fucking forget this all the time. <laughs> you do your plugs first. <laughs> uh, I, I already plugged it earlier, but yeah. I have my improv graduation show on February twenty third and twelve fifteen at the in the Hell's Kitchen UCB Theater. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't have any fucking stand updates coming. I need to get uh, listen. If you're listening to this and you like, at least send me. A, I need. To, I just need to get in contact with more bookers or whatever, man. Get some chances. I like. I'm like starting like you know like it's got enough time now where I'm getting the anxiety about it. I'm like, oh fuck, I don't have anything. You know, because my goal last year was a silly goal, but it was just to have a show a month, and I obliterated that. Now, I guess it'd be nice if I if I could have a show every two weeks, like a real good show. But yeah. again, that's why I moved to the city. Uh, do you have an affordable do. place to rent? Hit me up. That's what you gotta do. I mean, yeah. my goal for the end of the year is to get booked weekly. Um, so my show is coming up February 9th, Broadway Comedy Club, six thirty. Part of Dwayne Brest Jr.'s show. He puts on very great shows, the very great lineups. And if you're in the Westchester area, I'm producing my own show at the good old White Plains Comedy Club. I'm doing a Valentine's Day show, February fourteenth. It's so gonna be. Are you a single lonely dude? Come watch comedy. Well, so like I think the thing I'm leading on with this show is that like all the comedians I booked so far are single. And I'm going to like probably name the show like uh, we're going to make you wish you were single again. <laughs> show Make like, White Plains single again. And just like try to get like a lot of couples to come out because I'm assuming they're going to be out. <laughs> just like Round about. Um, but no, I'm really excited. I'm producing that show. I'm really excited for the lineup. I got a great lineup. I got uh, Chris Barnes on the show. He's a great city oh, he's, comic. He's really Gene Meyer, uh, great musician and comic. Um I also got Marcus Cardona on the oh, show. You might have recognized past him. Guests. You might have recognized him from the episode we did on the New England comedy scene. And I have Andreas Loitzu on the show, who is one of the funniest comics I know in Westchester. Really, really funny guy. So I'm happy with that. And there's one more spot I'm trying to book. So, but I'm trying to like work it out because that's the problem is that like I'm trying to book single comedians, but too many funny comedians I know are already in well-adjusted relationships. So I'm like, who are you? Why yeah. are you, who are, are these doing, freaks? Like, what are you doing comedy for? Yeah, <laughs> you can't. You can't reach out to Charles Angle. You can't reach out to Zach Russell. <laughs> Listen, this, if we know one thing, they'll definitely eventually be broken up, and then their material's gonna get really good. Oh, then they'll then they'll have comedy. That's Central. how you make it. Big. Sell their soul for Comedy Central. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. Kill your child. Kill or sorry. Kill, kill a the, child. Kill the, kill the lobbyist. Kill the child. <laughs> and uh, come watch our shows, everybody. All right. And that was another episode of Two Mike, Mike Minimum. Minimum.